You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5. We're going to read verse number uh, 12 tonight through verse number 15 and just continue in this story uh, or in this chapter. We looked last week, if you'll remember, at the conceding of faith, or rather faith raises the white flag and understands, you know what, I might not be as strong as I think I am. And when you're done fighting and trying to work it out, you just throw it all on God and watch Him work it out. When we're weak, then He is strong, and thank God for that. Tonight, we're going to look at the confidence of faith, the confidence of faith. Vance Havdren used to tell the story about a a grandma who was sick, and her family went in and said, "Uh, Grandma, we've done everything that we can do. You're just going to have to trust the Lord. And she said, Oh, no, it hadn't come to that, has it? Like that was a bad thing. But that's exactly what faith is. Faith is you and I simply trusting God. Faith is believing God. Faith is taking God at His word. And tonight, I want us to consider the confidence of faith. Look with me here in verse number uh, 12, and we'll read through verse 15. Here's what the Bible said. And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, and here's the statement, if thou wilt, thou canst. Make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. Now watch this. He touched him, but he didn't become cleansed till the word was offered. You know, it takes the word of God to make a difference. It's more than just the emotional stimulation of the touch. It is the word of God that births faith in somebody's life and changes them. He said, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and be healed by him of their infirmities. The story ends there. There's a little pause in the stories of faith in verse 16 where it talks about the Lord stealing away to pray. And I like that. In the midst of all these texts about the work of the ministry, there's a text about walking with God and refilling in prayer. But you notice the statement that the leper makes here. He sees the Lord. And if you know anything about leprosy, this man was in an impossible, incurable situation. But he sees the Lord, and here's what he says. Faith cries out from within him, and he says, Lord... If thou wilt, thou canst. He said, if you want to, you can do it. He said, it might be impossible for the doctor, but it's not for you. If you want to heal me, you could heal me. It might be beyond the priest, but it's not beyond you. His faith had the audacity to look past the impossibility, realize that the Lord is over all, can handle it all. It's sort of like this. If he tells you to go over to the other side, you're not going to go under in the process of going over. He's in control. Tonight, I want you to understand, our faith ought to give us a confidence, not in ourselves, not in government, not in flesh and blood, but we ought to have confidence tonight in the Lord. And for a little while this evening, I want to preach on that thought, the confidence of faith. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for your help tonight. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. I pray for liberty to preach. I pray that you'd give me strength to stand and preach in Jesus' name. Amen. The word confidence means full trust. It means belief in the power, trustworthiness, and the reliability of a person or a thing. 
probably the highest compliment that can be paid to you or to me is for somebody to say of us that they have confidence in us. When you drive a car, you're putting confidence in that car. When you eat a meal, you're putting confidence in the chef that prepared it. When you fly on an airplane, you're putting confidence in the cockpit, the pilot in the cockpit. When you invest your money, and I'd like to have money to give that a try one of these days, but if you have any, you know, if you invest your money, you're putting confidence in a company or confidence in a commodity. And in the same way, Bible faith puts complete confidence, complete trust in the reliability or the power of the Lord. By faith, we fully trust and we wholly believe the power the trustworthiness and the reliability of our God in spite of the circumstance, regardless of the situation, and no matter what might stand before us. Real faith is the faith that you find in 1 Samuel 17. As David stands and he stares eyeball to kneecap with that giant Goliath. Now the odds would say impossible. The power was very lopsided on the human side of things. But you know, David didn't have any fear. David simply had faith. And his faith was not in his stones. His faith was not in his sling. His faith was not in the soldiers. His faith was in God. And faith gave him the boldness, the courage, or the confidence to say, if God is on my side, it doesn't matter who's on the other side. I believe God can give the victory. That's the confidence of faith. The confidence of faith is the psalmist in Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. He said, now I have to go through the valley. It's been foreordained that I go. But I've made the decision, I'll not fear, though I walk through the valley. He said, how can he do that? The next phrase, for thou art with me. And he said, hey, if he led me to it and he's walking through it, I don't have to fear the valley. He didn't have confidence in himself, no. But he had confidence in the Lord or the shepherd that he could guide him through that valley. That's what faith does. Confident faith is seen in Daniel 6 when the government passes legislation and says you can't worship God the way that you're traditionally used to worshiping God. And Daniel said, that's okay. I didn't ask your permission when I got into a prayer closet. And I'm not going to ask your permission to stay there. And so Daniel opened up his windows like he did a four time and he prayed anyhow. His confidence was not in himself. He just figured his God was big enough. If he could answer his prayer, he could keep the prayer warrior safe while while he was in the prayer closet. That is the confidence of faith. Now tonight, faith does not know its full potential on the mountain. Faith does not realize its full potential in days of abundance. Faith does not see its full potential in moments of victory. But it's in that day and in that hour when all other calls for confidence has been stripped from the child of God and you can't depend upon finances and you can't depend upon your flesh and you can't depend upon friend or family and the only thing you can do is set your eyes upon God. That's when that fire begins to burn on the inside that wheel begins to turn on the inside, that well bubbles up on the inside and reminds you everything's all right because God is on his throne. It's not of me, it's not by me, but it is of the Lord. The confidence of, the fa of faith is why Paul said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. It's the confidence of faith that the Hebrew children had 
when they said, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us in spite of the fiery furnace. It's the confidence of faith that Job showed as he sat in the ashes with everything falling apart around him. And he went to his knees and said, God was good before, God will be good later, and God is good now. And he worshiped the Lord in the midst of his trial. It is the confidence of faith that says some trust in chariots and some might trust in horses, but we're just going to trust in the Lord our God. Harold Seitler pastored the uh, Tabernacle Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina uh, for half a decade. He preached a message, and it's a famous message, a signature sermon. He said, can God, can God, and he used that test, can God furnish a table in the wilderness, but then he turned it around. He laid a foundation for about 20 minutes. Can God do this? Can God do that? And then he showed example after example that shows us, yes, God can, no matter what it is, no matter what the opposition, no matter the prayer, God is able. And he said the fundamentalist might answer the world that cries, can God? And by faith we can respond, God can. That's the confidence of faith. In 1792, there was an associational meeting of a bunch of Baptists in Nottingham, England. And a man named William Carey got behind the pulpit. And he was challenging that crowd to either support missions or serve as missionaries. And he made his famous statement. He said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. That is the confidence of faith. Faith doesn't look for a route. It makes a way. Faith doesn't look for support. It goes and trusts God to meet the need. And he said, attempt and expect the confidence of faith blinds the believer to difficulties or the inability of man and causes us to see the ability of our God. We sing the song, he's able, he's able. I know he is able. I know my Lord is able to carry me through. It's by the confidence of faith we sail on through troubled waters. It's by the confidence of faith we pray on, pray on through times of worry. It's by the confidence of faith we serve on in seasons of weariness because we know our God can do anything but one thing, and that one thing is fail. I like the song, I know my God can do it to him. There's nothing to it. I know he'll see me through it. Sweet victory, even when the storm is raging. He is the rock of ages. Our God is able. Mighty is he. And that's the truth tonight. You might have cause to doubt me and I might have seasons where I must doubt you. And all of us have times when we doubt those in places of power down here. But can I say, you'll never take me to a time. You'll never show me a place. There'll never be an occasion where you'll find that God failed. God fell short. God fled in the day of battle. But our God always comes through. And tonight by faith, I want to challenge us as a church body have faith in God not just when it's easy not just when it makes sense that's not faith anyhow but when the world says it can't be done when the furnace is heated up three times hotter when the Red Sea stands before you when the lion's belly is growling when the Mamertine prison door slams behind you when there's a cross on the hill in front of you just go ahead and resolve my God is able my God is on the throne I'm just going to anchor my faith in God he is God and he's able. Well, I better get to the text here. Luke chapter 5 is a chapter filled, filled with case studies in faith. And within these verses, we get to see faith in varying capacities 
but with vivid clarity in every account. In verse 12 through 15, where we are tonight, there's an amazing account here of the Lord cleansing a leper. Now, if you study the Lord in his ministry, you find he was constantly on the move. I'm talking about right out of the gate. You did not have to prod the Lord to get out and serve people. In fact, he said that's why he came to minister and not be ministered unto. He wasn't looking to be pampered. He was looking to be a blessing to those that he came to seek and save. You'll find he preaches in all these little towns around Galilee. Let me stop there and say, we wouldn't even have the occasion to read of this miracle had Jesus not been out serving like he was. And let me say this, you might see some miracles if you'd go out and serve God every once in a while. If you'd show up for faithfulness rally, you might see some miracles. If you'd work a bus route, you might see some miracles. If you'd be in Sunday school, you might see some miracles. You get out there and serve God and you just watch what God will do. In verse number 12, the Bible said that Christ enters a certain village. Now, we don't know this town by its name. We don't know this town by its size. And we don't know this town by its commerce. But we know this town because of one citizen that lived in it that had an incurable disease and an infamous reputation. There's a man in this town that is a leper. In verse number uh, 12, we're introduced to this man. The Bible says there's a man full of leprosy. Now, I know you know your Bible. In the Bible, leprosy is used as a picture or a type of sin. It's an Egyptian disease, which is a type of the world. And you'll find that when a man or a woman got leprosy, it was as though they were diagnosed with a lingering sentence of death. It was a loathsome disease. It was a lingering disease. And it was a lethal disease. There was no miracle drug. There was no magic pill. There was no secret remedy to take care of the disease disease of leprosy. It's a horrible thing. If you look it up on the internet, you can see pictures of lepers in modern day, maybe a little bit different than biblical leprosy, but you'll notice that leprosy would destroy the flesh of that individual. It would just eat away at their body, their nerve endings, their appendages, and that leper would be very obvious to everybody in his city that he was a leper. Not only that, that leprosy would divide families. If a man or a woman was diagnosed as a leper, they were cut off from their family. They were taken and put in a leper colony, cast out by society. They wouldn't kiss their wife again or hug their husband again. Their family would be divided. Next, leprosy would break or disbar fellowship with God. That leper had no entrance into the congregation of Israel. He could give no sacrifice. He could take part in no worship. So that leper in our passage is a man who's been cut off from society. He's ostracized. He's the offscouring. And the cry of the leper is unclean, unclean. Imagine that. This man had lived however long in his life with that burden of leprosy heavy every day. He'd walk around crying unclean. What that means is he's not right with God. It's like saying, I'm unrighteous. I'm unrighteous. People get away. They wouldn't touch the leper. They wouldn't want to walk near the leper. They wouldn't drink from a fountain from which he drank or sit on a stone from which he said that leper would be totally ostracized, outcast, and overlooked by society. And to make it worse, in verse 12, it said that man is full of leprosy. If a leper is so hopeless, how much the more a man that is absolutely full of leprosy. You talking about an impossible situation. You talking about somebody too deep down to get pulled up. You talking about something so broken it can't be put back together. 
That man is covered from head to toe and side to side, top to bottom, every inch of his body, leprosy, everywhere you look. If the average leper was so looked down upon, how bad did this man have it? Every inch of his body, so much so the Bible doesn't even mention his name. He just, the Bible just says this is a man who's full of leprosy. Now, I want you to notice three things quickly that I notice, and this isn't the sermon, so don't get too excited. This is introduction, but let me give it to you. I don't preach very long. Three things that caught my attention. Number one, the man's condition caught my attention. Full of leprosy, full of burden, full of something too big, full of something that bothered him every single day. Full of something that made him a stigma to society. Full of something that scarred him. Full of something that haunted his memory and troubled his heart. Full of something that kept him from getting relief or sleep. Full of something that was bothering and breaking up his family. Full of something that was interrupting his walk with God. He is totally consumed with that disease. I don't doubt that he'd been to every physician. I don't doubt that his family had tried to help him. I don't doubt he'd spent all that he had. And yet this man was still in the same situation every hour after the flesh had failed, he was still full of leprosy. Then the second thing I noticed is the man's cleansing. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sin away. Isn't that amazing? I don't doubt he'd been to every priest and he'd been to every preacher. He'd been to every potluck just to alliterate. I mean, he'd gone everywhere he could to try to get rid of that leprosy and nothing could avail. But then Jesus passed by. It makes a big difference when Jesus passes by. I like it. Religion couldn't help him. The law couldn't help him. I I'm talking about the world couldn't help him, but Jesus helped him. Same thing's true in our generation. Religion won't help you. Formalism won't help you. The law isn't going to help you, but amazing grace in the person of Jesus Christ will make all the difference in this world. Jesus passes by and he touches the leper. You say, that's a no-no. Oh, but wait a minute. The priest, the high priest could touch a leper when he was applying the blood to his life in the Old Testament. Can I say Jesus as the great high priest when he reached out, he was applying the blood to this man's life to not just cleanse him physically but to save and cleanse him spiritually. So I noticed that the man's condition, it's a horrible condition I noticed the man's cleansing oh happy day, but the most intriguing thing to me is the man's confidence. There are two big L words in this chapter or in verse 12 everybody do this L words, not really big, and there's two big L words the first big L word is the word leper that's a big word. A lot of bad things come in the basket with that word. But there's a bigger L word that the leper utters. You say, what's that one? <laughs> well, the first word is leper, but the second one's better, and that's the word Lord. You know what that means? Lord. That's somebody who has power to change the situation. That's somebody who can undo what can't be undone. That's somebody who can fix what cannot be fixed. That's someone who can put together what cannot be put together. That's somebody who can heal what cannot be healed. And here's what that teaches us. This leper is not just full of leprosy. He's also full of faith in the Lord. I like it. He called him Lord before he ever got healed. He called him Lord before he ever got touched. He called him Lord. You say, why'd he do that? I think he had confidence to call him Lord because of the title. He'd heard him called Lord by others and he thought if he's Lord for others, he can probably be Lord for me. I think he had confidence because his track record. You read the previous chapter. He's casting out devils. He's healing mother-in-laws. That's about the same thing. He's doing miracle after miracle and no doubt he'd heard about Jesus doing Jesus stuff and he thought, man, I'm going to call him Lord and then I 
I think his testimony as he took the law in the temple and he read that verse from Isaiah and said, today hath that scripture been fulfilled in your hearing. He said, that must be the Lord. And then I think when he touched him, you know, that fellow probably hadn't been touched in a long time. His own family wouldn't touch him. His friends wouldn't touch him. The priest wouldn't touch him. A physician wouldn't touch him. But now this man named Jesus passes by, doesn't even hesitate. He just looks right at him and he touches him. And once he touched him, he said, oh, that's got to be the Lord right there. He shows confidence in verse 12. He said, if thou wilt, thou canst. Now think about it. What kind of faith is this? That man is is in an impossible situation. That man can't possibly have any hope. He'd heard it his entire life. And yet there's something on the inside of this leper that causes him to hush the doctor and say, be quiet to the critic and ignore his backslidden family. And he said, the Lord can do it. I know the Lord can do it. I don't care what the news says. The Lord can do it. I don't care what the teacher says. The Lord can do it. I don't care what the doctor says. The Lord can do it. I don't care what the finances say. The Lord can do it. I don't care about my job situation. The Lord can do it. I don't care about the politics. The Lord can do it. I don't care about the wars. The Lord can do it. I don't care about the generation. The Lord can do it. And that faith began to cry out from his soul and saw Jesus there. And he said, if you wanted to, you could turn this thing around. You could do the impossible. You could change my life. Can I say that's exactly what faith does? Faith doesn't see the impossibility. Faith looks above the trouble and sees the throne. Faith looks above the clouds and sees Christ. Faith looks through the storm and sees the Savior. Faith overcomes fear and says, my God can do it. He is able. I know he's able. I know my Lord is able to carry me through. You say, what in the world? Is anything too hard for God? Faith has me respond, absolutely not. You go ahead and measure it up to God and it comes out pretty small. You stand up whatever it is to God and it comes out pretty small. You say, is this too hard for God? No, it's not. Is that too hard for God? No, it's not. Your entire Bible's a record that nothing's too hard for God. Our God is faithful. Even though you and I fail, he abideth faithful. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, my God shall supply all your need in his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Thank God he's on the throne tonight. He is faithful. He was faithful in the garden for Adam and Eve. He was faithful in that generation of Noah in the flood. He was was faithful for David on the run in the cave. He was faithful on Mount Carmel for Elijah. He was faithful. He was faithful. He was faithful in Babylon for Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He faithfully sent the manna from heaven. He faithfully led by a cloud in the uh, day. He faithfully led by a fire at night. And can I say that God has not aged and that God has not changed and that God has not altered. He is the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And here's what I'm trying to ask you to do. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on God tonight. He's still able. God's never thrown in the towel. God's never called time out. God's never asked for a do-over. God doesn't have to take a mulligan. He does all things well. And you anchor your faith not in you and not in your ability and not what you can understand. But just know that our God, our God, our God is able. He's a faithful God. Confidence, confidence, confidence because of faith. My faith doesn't fear the storm. It simply anchors my hope in the captain. Faith gets what can't be God. Faith goes where cannot be gone. Faith sees what cannot be seen. And it thank God it gets what nobody else will get by faith. It unlocks the door to God. Faith. Can I say this cowardly? I've got to hurt this cowardly compromising. I mean, this crushed all the time Christianity is foreign to the Bible. 
There might have been seasons, Elijah under the juniper tree, but that was a season that wasn't a stopping place. He didn't live there. We're living too much by emotion and feeling and not by faith, and that's why we're so fearful. Because when you and I live by faith, here's what faith says. Faith says, you know what, I can't make a way, but thank God He is the way. I can't see it through, but thank God He'll guide my steps. Faith, faith lifts its eyes higher. Faith lends its ear to a still small voice, not the crowd. Faith does not fear whatever lies ahead. Faith in God. I want to ask you something. What do you believe in God for that you can't do without Him? That's like getting property around here. We can't do that without God. Finding bus parking, it's obvious we can't do that. Filling this place up, we can't do that. Seeing sinners saved one-on-one, we can't do that. Seeing prodigals restored, we can't do that. Growing a Sunday school class, we can't do that. All these things, seeing revival, we can't do that. But I want to ask you in your personal life, not just as our church, but what are you, what are you believing God for that you can't do without God? Because if all you're doing is believing God for things you can do on your own, that's not faith. People wonder, why is it? That, I don't know why God just won't give me my, his, any power. I don't feel like I have the power of God. God's not going to waste his power on people that purpose to do nothing more than they can do without it. What have you thrown the towel in on that God hasn't? Don't give up on something God hadn't quit on yet. Let me give you a few things that faith enabled this leper to do, and I'll close. This is like the most fun I get to have all week, so I hate to preach so short. At the same time, I like to get paid. And he said, if I quit preach short, he's going to give me a raise. Isn't that what you said? <clears throat> Brother Sly, I'll see you after the service. <clears throat> Wake Brother Sly up, Mrs. Sly. All right, number one, here's what faith helped him do. Confidence, the confidence of faith. It enabled this leper to witness the Lord through his problem. Because you see what it says right here? This is the confidence of faith. The Bible said, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy who's seeing Jesus. <laughs> Man, I wish I could preach it the way that God helped me with it. I don't think I can, but it's amazing. It doesn't say Jesus saw the leper, though I know he knew he was there. But it does say the leper saw Jesus. In spite of his disease, he wasn't so wrapped up in his problem that all he saw was the problem. But because he had such faith, he saw Jesus through his problem. You know what faith enables the child of God to do? It enables us not to fall apart, get emotional. I mean, just go ahead and be a, uh, just, a, I mean, just a dramatic mess of whatever whenever problems come. But it causes us to slow down, look at the problem, and say, you know what, I can see the hand of God in that thing. I wouldn't have chosen it, might not even enjoy it, but I believe God's in control anyhow. You say, well, I'm living by faith. Well, how come the first reaction of my, all of us, our first reaction isn't always to complain when things fall apart? Maybe we ought to consider Jesus in the thing. This man, his faith, let him witness the Lord through his problem. Let me give you number two. It allowed him to worship the Lord in spite of his pain. Because look what he did. A man full of leprosy who's seen Jesus. Now watch this. He fell on his face. You know, that would have hurt. This leper especially. Because it would have hurt every movement he made. Every time he bent his fingers, it would hurt. Every time he rubbed his arm, it would hurt. Every time he laid himself in bed and those oozing sores stuck to the sheets and he had to rip them off, man, that would hurt. But you know what his faith did? His faith said, I don't care how bad I'm hurting, I'm going to worship him anyhow. 
You know what? That's, a, that's exactly what Job did. Job was hurting unlike any man outside of Christ on Calvary. And Job said, you know what? In spite of my pain, I'm going to praise God anyhow. In spite of what I'm going through, I'm going to worship Him anyhow. Can I say the cheapest praise is the praise we give on the mountain? That does, that's the cheapest kind of praise. I think the most precious praise is praise in the valley. When everything else is gone and the only thing left is God and you just have to look to Him and you can't praise the blessing, you got to praise the blesser and understand He's still in control. And you say, you know what? I might have to shout through tears and I might have to worship through heartache and I might have to say amen. There might be some here tonight. You've been saying amen and don't even know how you're able to say it. And you've been raising your hand and can't understand how you're even able to raise it because there's real problems and burdens in your life. But that's what faith does. Faith overcomes the pain and the heartache and says, praise God anyhow. Let me give you another point. Faith, confidence of faith allowed him to do this. Wave down the Lord by impotent prayer. You see what he did? He fell on his face and began to pray, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst. That man had probably asked a lot of people for help. But I'm glad he didn't quit asking for help. He finally asked the right one for help and got his help. You ever wave somebody down before like they're driving by, you need a ride? I was walking down uh, De La Cruz the other day. I walked all the way from, where was that, Moj? You picked me up at Home Depot or something. I was like a homeless man out there on a Thursday walking around. That's dangerous. There's no sidewalks or anything out there. I had to walk around Lafayette and all that. Anyway, I waved you down. And I was embarrassed to do it. They probably thought we were funny fellows in that Prius. But anyway, I waved him down. <laughs> that Prius went zzz, pulled right up. We got out and wound up the crank so it would run all the way back to the church. <clears throat> Had his Biden sticker on the back of it. <laughs> Had his Hillary bumper sticker that said, my other ride is a broom. Amen. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> but I waved him down. You know why I waved him down? Because I want him to stop. You know what prayer does? It waves God down. Some of you are saying, I sure wish God would stop by my problem. I wish God would stop by my burden. Well, you been waving at him lately? That's what that leper did. He prayed and got the Lord's attention. I think about it. How many times did uh, Elijah have to pray before he saw the cloud? Seven. You just keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying. Pray without ceasing and everything by prayer and supplication, right? All the time we just pray. Let me give you another one. The confidence of faith. Let him wholly believe on the Lord regardless of the prognosis. Everybody else told him no. He said, that's all right. I believe with the Lord it could be a yes. You could probably give a testimony to that in your own life or in your situation, whatever it was. Everybody told you it was a no, but then it ended up with God being a yes. That's what faith does. Faith gets what the world says you cannot get a hold of. And one more, faith waits patiently on the Lord through life's pauses. You say, where do you see that? Right here. He said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean, Period. And he put forth his hand and touched him. Now, I don't think it was very long, but there's definitely a pause. See, how do you know that? There's a period there. And I think that's English. So I paused. What this confidence of faith? Confidence of faith enables me when God doesn't show up when I think he ought to, to just hold on a little longer. Just hold on a little longer. Help is on the way, the song says. Some of you have been waiting, and it's longer than a period. I mean, you've been waiting. But can I say, it doesn't mean that God's not moving your direction. They marched around Jericho a lot of times where the walls fell, but they fell. Noah built that boat many years before the rain came, but the rain did come. I want to ask you tonight, what is it in your life that is like this leprosy? 
It's too big. It's beyond. It's a burden. It's whatever it is. Can I tell you, God is able. I'm going to close by saying this. What are you trusting God for tonight? What are you believing God for tonight that you couldn't do without Him? If you don't have anything, then you're not practicing faith. Lee Robertson, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.